This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Derek Armstrong and Word of Grace Community Church. For more information, please visit WOGCC.com. This morning, we're going to wrap up our series that we've been in over the past three weeks called Lost and Found. We've been talking about the need to find those who are lost, those who are disconnected, and what our role is and how we can practically do that as well as the why behind why we do it. So I think that the most important thing that I want you to get today is I want you to be able to understand the why behind what we're doing. Because there's a function to everything. Anyone can fulfill a function. Anyone can go and push a button. Anyone can make something happen and try to do a specific job and perform that role or that function. And especially if it's just something that you're expected to do. But for you to really be engaging, for you to really accomplish anything significant, for you to really do it the way that God created you to do it, you need to understand the purpose. You need to understand the why. And we need to understand the fact that God has intentionally created every single one of us as individuals, as unique people who are individually different and intentionally created differently. So if you're taking notes this morning, the title of my message is Intentionally Different. And we've been using our version for quite some time to where you can follow along on the notes on version. And I used to tell you, go search for a live event in your area. Well, I was just given the information that they've updated their software. And now just go to events under the menu tab on version if you want to follow along in the notes and you'll be able to follow along by going and searching for an event no longer under the live tab but under events now so make sure that you take advantage of that i want us to know that we are intentionally different not only as individuals but also as a church that's a part of the larger body of Christ because we all have gifts, we all have talents, we all have abilities, we all have this thing that's called a calling that unites us under the banner of Christ, but each one of us may do things a little bit differently because we're created as unique individuals to fulfill a purpose together. We all can do a little part, some part, that is a part of the grander mission, the grander why. And if we understand that, it'll help us move forward with purpose and passion to do exactly what Jesus commissioned us to do, and that's to go out and to reach those who were lost and bring them into the family of God and disciple them and raise them up as believers to also be sent out to go out and find more lost people because we're to love God, love people, serve the world. So I want us to go to the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, and I want us to look at the first verse, but we're going to do it through the New Living Translation. Normally when I teach, we'll go through the New King James, but I really like the way the New Living Translation reads in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1 says this, Therefore I, Paul, a prisoner for serving the Lord, I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. You've been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together in peace. For there is one body, there's one Spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. There's one Lord, there's one faith, there's one baptism, there's one God and Father of all who is over all, in all, and living through all. However, verse 7, check this out. However, even though we're all one, even though it's all the same God, even though we're all together in this thing, in unity, He has given each one of us 
a special gift, a unique gift, a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That's why the scriptures say when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Verse 9. Next verse. Notice that it says he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens, so he might fill the entire universe with himself. Verse 11, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work to build up the church the body of Christ. This is going to continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we'll be mature in the Lord, that we'll be measuring up to the full and the complete standard of Christ. Verse 14, then we will no longer be immature children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We won't be influenced by people who may try to trick us with lies that they're real clever. They sound like truth, but instead, we're going to be people who speak the truth in love. We'll grow every way more and more like Christ, who's the head of the body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. You see, this applies to both Christians within the context of the local individual church as well as all of the churches together that make up the overarching church, the body of Christ. For each individual church that is a part of the grander body of Christ church, every one of us have unique gifts. We all have unique talents, unique abilities, things that God has carved out for us to do in the space He's carved out for us to do it. He wants us to move forward with that vision of what He has commissioned us to do and that all of us together can do something more significant than any one of us could have ever done on our own. Just like this morning, We heard from people from New Hope Pregnancy Center, which is a mission that we support on a monthly basis financially. We're vested in them financially. We spend time as a staff praying for that organization. And prayerfully, you spend time by going to our Word of Grace global page on our website and praying for those who serve in those different capacities, whether it's New Hope or whether it's Haiti or whether it's something uh, else that we support on a monthly basis. And you pray for those people and lift them up because guess what? You are vested in those different areas. You want to know how? Well, if you give here at Word of Grace, what we do is we take 10% off of the top of everything that is given, and we put it into what we call a tithe account. And that tithe account is designated funds that goes out to further the message of the gospel. And we find people that we believe are people who share the same heart, share the same passion, share the same vision, and we help support them to do what it is that they do. So instead of us creating a pregnancy resource center... Someone else had the vision and the passion to do that, and we're going to help them do it. And guess what? When you give, a portion of that goes to helping them do what it is that God has called them to do. Their unique gift, their unique ability, their unique vision that God has given them to focus on something so significant. And guess what, guys? When you give here at Word of Grace, a portion of what you have given has helped save two lives of little babies that are going to be born in this world. That's heavy. That's significant. That's significant. 
Man, if it were just one life, it would be significant. But we get bonus. We got two. There's two lives so far. So far in just a small amount of time. They haven't even been open a year yet. Just two lives that have been forever changed because now they're going to have a life as to where before the parents didn't know if they wanted to bring in this this child into the world. But because someone gave, not just you, not just word of grace, but many organizations, many people pooling their resources together and then supporting this organization to empower them to do what it is God has called them to do, lives are being changed. Man, you know, when I think about that, I, I, I don't know if we really understand the scope of what we're impacting by being uniquely and intentionally different. Because, see, if we stay in our lane and do what God has called us to do, and we stay passionate about what He's called us to do, together we can make a bigger impact on eternity than any one of us could ever do on our own. Amen? Together, we can do more. Together, we can make a bigger impact. And that's the way God designed it to be. That's why we have the scripture in Ephesians 4 that talks about all of these unique individual pieces need to come together and work together because eternity is at stake. If we really believed eternity was at stake, I believe it would change the way that we acted and reacted in our everyday lives. But I believe because we're constantly confronted with the temporal we get too oftentimes focused on the temporary things. We just want relief from temporary situations. I don't feel good. What's the pill I can take to make me feel better? I am upset. Huh, sounds like an ice cream night and watching some sappy movie. I want to instantly feel better because I'm just focused on the temporal. How many times have we felt bad and made poor decisions because we felt bad, but it was just a temporary situation? It was something that didn't last forever. I'm not always going to feel that way. I'm not always going to deal with that pressure. But we make foolish decisions because when we're temporal-minded, we're not looking at the consequences of our actions long-term. That's why we spend our money the way that we do when we manage our funds foolishly. We want to buy something to have it now. I've got to have it now. I don't want to wait. I want to have it now. Like a bunch of spoiled kids that think they have to have this instant gratification because we get so stinking temporal focused and we don't see the big picture. We don't see the ramification of our actions. But it doesn't matter what quality of clothing or shoes you buy. It doesn't matter if you buy the absolute best car ever built by human hands. It will wear out. It's going to wear out. You could spend all the money on buying the best of the best, and guess what? One day somebody's going to be reading about it in a history book and it's going to be dilapidated. It's going to be ruined because it's temporal. All of this stuff is temporary, but if we were eternity-focused, it would change our values because if we understand together we can make an impact on eternity, then that means that what God has empowered me with and invested in me and given me opportunity to do, that it can have an eternal impact. You can have an eternal impact. We can have an eternal impact where people's lives are being changed forever. 
where their destiny could be changed forever because someone saw the bigger picture. Someone got a why. Someone learned why I do what I do. They understand why I have the gifts that I have and the abilities and the talents and the availability that I have. Why I have the resources that I have. Why I have the the, the, the natural drawings of even my, my, my natural being, the things I naturally enjoy doing and the things that I'm naturally good at. The the gifts and the talents and the abilities and the time that he's given me, when I use that for eternity's sake, then all of a sudden we begin to see lives change. When a church gets that vision, when a group of people get that vision of wanting to make an impact on eternity, it changes the why behind what it is that we do. Because this isn't something that one church can do alone. I mean, reaching the lost discipling people and raising up people who are full of loving God, loving people, serving the world, and sending them out into a world of darkness to go and to be salt and light in the earth. Guess, guess what? That's not something that one church can do, right? That's not something that only Word of Grace can handle. That's not just one task given just to us because we're special. No. It's something given to the entire body of Christ. Amen? I, I make people's heads spin sometimes when I tell them this, but we need to be uniquely who we are because sometimes people want to look at a church and they think we all just need to be these cookie-cutter models and everyone needs to do everything the same, look the same, act the same, have the same passion, same direction, all that stuff. Let me tell you, the important thing is that we're all grounded on the foundation of Jesus Christ as the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except by Him. Amen? We need to have the foundation of His Word being that thing that is forever settled, it's forever true, and we stand upon the rock and the foundation of His Word. Now, if you can say that Jesus is Lord and that the Word of God is your foundation, we can connect. We can hook up. We can do something together. And you might do things differently than me. There may be a church in town that does something different than us. Different doesn't mean bad or wrong. People come to me sometimes and they'll say, Pastor, why don't we do this or do that? Why don't we have, hold to this tradition or that tradition? Why don't we do this or why don't we have this in church? It's because we're different. We're intentionally different. We do that on purpose. It's not like, oh, we forgot about that. It's we do this thing differently on purpose because this is who we're called to be. This is who we're uniquely, intentionally growing as a church family, doing what God has called us to do, carved us out to do. We do it on purpose differently. So things may look different than perhaps what maybe you grew up in. Or it may look different than a church that would even be similar to ours. Not everything's going to be exactly the same. And guess what? That doesn't make us better. It doesn't make the other church better. It makes us uniquely individuals working together with other unique individuals to accomplish a greater purpose. Amen? I make people's heads spin when I say this, though. I tell them, I say, you know, on Wednesday night, I take my kids to the Evangelical Free Church to go to their Awana program. (gasps) Bum, bum, bum! (laughs) What? Yeah, the pastor of Word of Grace takes his children to the Evangelical Free Church. You want to know why? Because they run an amazing Awana program at the Evangelical Church. I believe in what they're doing. And I'm going to support what they're doing because guess what? They do it well. Well, why don't we have one here at our church? Because we're not called to do it. 
It's not something God has put in our vision and on our heart. I'm not against the Awana program. I think it's a great thing. You learn Scripture and you learn the Gospel and that stuff gets, man, it gets in you. And I think that's powerful. We're doing that in different ways. They're doing it through the Awana program and they do it very well. They have some grandmas and grandpas over there that love on those kids and it is amazing. Now, we could go, wow, that's a very successful program that they have. Why don't we do that here at Word of Grace? Let's start our own Awana program, and let's try to replicate what they did because we want the success that they had. We're not in competition. Hello, somebody. We're not in competition. They're in their lane. They're moving the same direction that we're moving. They're just approaching things and doing things a little differently, and we're doing things a little differently. Instead of me criticizing them, why don't instead I look at what can I hook up with and invest in, and let's move forward together? I'm not competing with them. I'm not competing with any other pastor. And Sometimes pastors get so weird when they get around each other. They, 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 they want to go, so how many people you run at your church? I don't care how many people you're, uh, are in attendance at your church. I want to know, are you kingdom-minded? Amen? That's what I look for when I partner with other churches or connect with other ministries. I'm like, are you kingdom-minded or are you your kingdom-minded? Because if you're the kingdom, the kingdom of God-minded, we can connect. Amen? That's why I love Pastor Bob Abel. There's no threat there. Well, what if some people leave our church and go to his church? And what if some people leave his church and come to our church? If they're called to be here, praise God, we all win. Amen? We're not trying to steal people. They're not our people. They're God's people. Amen? And they need to follow the leading and the calling of God for their lives. We've got to get over ourselves and work together to make an impact for eternity because eternity is at stake while we play petty games. Eternity is at stake while we're missing the why behind what we're doing. If we make it about us, we make it about Pastor Derek or Pastor John or about Pastor Bob or Pastor Andy or whoever it becomes about, then we're missing the mark. This is not about any individual. It's not about any pastor. It's about the kingdom of God and us together moving forward, uniquely being who God has called us to be and being okay with being different. Amen? I mean, I remember, I remember one time I went to one of these meetings where they had all the different pastors and we were going to plan the um, Sheboygan Falls uh, Good Friday service. And this was like my first year of being here as your pastor. And I get in the room with all these guys and everybody looks around and they says, well, uh, all of us are going to walk in at this time. You know, you're reading this scripture. You're saying this prayer. Okay, good, 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 good. Everything's planned out. So uh, the guy that was leading it said, <laughs> he said, so are we all robing up for this? I said, what? <laughs> <laughs> are we all robing up for this? I said, what do you mean? Well, you know, wear our robes. Uh, problem. <laughs> I don't have any robes. <laughs> I don't even have a suit. <laughs> this is like the nicest thing I own right here. <laughs> and I'm sitting there. I don't have robes. And, and I said, if you want to provide some, if that's important you know, for me to wear them, I don't mind. I'll, whatever. Oh, no, that's fine. They just, they just assumed that everybody wore robes. Now, does that mean that if a pastor wears a robe in the pulpit, he's bad? Absolutely not. doesn't mean he's bad just because he wears a robe. just means, guess what? I don't. We're different. Not better, not worse, different. You hearing what I'm saying? 
And together we can make an impact for eternity. This is why we've got to be secure in who we are. This is why we've got to be secure in the fact that we're unique. Each one of us are unique. Each church, each Christian, we are unique. And we're not called to be like everybody else because guess what? We all have different gifts. We all have different methods. We're not called to be like every other church in our area because we have a different method and we need to understand why. We need to understand our why because our why needs to drive all of our behavior if we're going to make an impact on eternity. We need to understand why it is that we do what we do. Are we just trying to go against the grain and just try to be different from what's culturally normal in the church? No, absolutely not. We're intentionally different for a reason. You as a Christian, as an individual believer, should be intentionally different, intentionally unique for a reason. And until you, un- until you discover why, then you'll only perform a function and you'll do it half-heartedly. Or you might lose steam because you forgot the why. Or maybe you never truly understood the why. The why is not just because I'm supposed to. The why is not because the pastor said so. The why is not even because I read it in a book somewhere. You need to understand why you do what you do. And I have a video I want to show you that will help you understand this. Go ahead and show it. It's called, How Do I Know? And a lot of times when people hear the phrase, how do I know, the next thing they say is what? How do I know what? But the key really isn't to know what. The key is to know why. Because when you know your why, you have options on what your what can be. For instance, my why is to inspire people to walk in purpose. My what is stand-up comedy. My what is writing books. My what can be going out with some friends to eat. In fact, another what that has moved me towards my why is a, a web series that we have out now called Break Time. So every Wednesday at 3 o'clock, you should subscribe to the, to the channel. Uh, we do a series called Break Time on YouTube. So 3 o'clock, we drop a new episode. One episode in particular I'm about to show you a clip to. We were in, uh, we were in Winston-Salem. So Break Time, this is how it works. I travel the country, I do stand-up comedy, probably an hour, hour and a half at an event. And in the middle of my show, I'll just sit down and start talking to the audience. And funny just happens. Or I'll meet somebody who's really interesting. So I met this one guy, and he said that he teaches music at a school. I was like, all right, you teach music, you know, um, can you sing? And then uh, I'm just going to show you the clip. Check it. So you're a musical director. Yes, sir. Ooh. All right, so um, let me get a couple. Let me get a couple bars of like uh, "Amazing Grace." Can you do the first part of that? Go ahead. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Wow, that bro could sing. You know what I'm saying? All right, all right. Uh, now, once you give me the version, is if uh, your uncle just got out of jail, you got shot in the back when you was a kid. I'm just saying, let me see the hood version real quick. If you know which version I'm talking about, just see if that exists. Let me see what you got. Amazing grace. How sweet the 
saved a wretch like me. Here's the thing. The first time I asked him to sing, he knew what he was doing. The second time I asked him to sing, he knew why he was doing it. When you know your why, your what has more impact because you're walking in or towards your purpose. See, when we clarify the why, then the what and the how will come. We have to clarify it. We have to see it. I was at Willow Creek Church in South Barrington, Illinois this past week, and there was a guy that was brought up on stage to illustrate a point. And what the guy told this man he brought up on stage, what the speaker told the guy he brought up on stage was, he said, I want you to stand right here, and I want you to jump as far as you possibly humanly can from one end of the stage to the other. I want you to give everything that you've got. I want you to do it as far as you possibly can with one giant leap as far as you can. And the guy gathered his strength and he just leapt and just jumped as far as he could. And he stayed there and the guy came. He said, now I'm going to mark this place. He said, now I want you to look at that mark. He said, now come right back to where you started. He said, now jump further than you did before. And now that he had something to look at and he knew where he was going and why he was doing it, he put even more energy and he well soared past the mark that he had established. The guy said, I thought I told you the first time to jump as far as you could. I thought I told you to give everything that you've got and go as far as you can. But he didn't have a mark. He didn't have somewhere he was going. And so as much energy as he thought he was putting into it, as much passion as he was trying to put into it, as much purpose as he was trying to put into it, until he saw the mark, he didn't know how far he could actually go. And I think the same as us. Is that when we understand the why, it sets before us something that we see that we know that we can push towards, that we can move forward to, and that when we clarify that, it becomes a powerful thing that each one of us individually, uniquely, together, can do something greater than any one of us could do by ourselves. And then the what and the how, those things come because we understand why it is that we're doing it and we understand where it is that we're going. We believe a word of grace We have the greatest message in the world. Amen? That's the message of Jesus Christ. The greatest message in the world is that Jesus is seeking and saving those who were lost. That we were once lost and blind and now we're found and we see. That regardless of what we've done or where we've been or how far from God we've lived, that He can still reach down and rescue us up out of a hopeless situation and He can completely restore and change and make all things new. 
There's no greater message than that. And it not only affects the temporal, but it can affect eternity. You see in the magnitude of clarifying and understanding why it is that we do what we do. And so here's where my heart is. As I look at our area that God has called us to, as I look at our unique gift mix, as I look at what God has called us to do in loving God, loving people and serving the world and making disciples who are growing to be strong believers who are loving God, loving people and serving the world. You know what I see in the midst of my day-to-day comings and goings? I see people who've been wounded. I see people who've been hurt. And my heart really goes to those who have been wounded and hurt and disappointed and discouraged and turned off specifically in the church. I know that there have been pastors who have put bad taste in people's mouth. I know there's been situations that have happened in churches that have wounded people deeply where it seems that the very place that we should be able to come together in unity and love and forgiveness and grace and have peace and have unity, it seems sometimes that people do a lot of damage in those situations because people become very vulnerable and they give very deep levels of trust in those environments. And then when they get burned and they get hurt, then they don't want anything to do with it. I remember a story of a man in our church that was inviting his friend to an event we were having. And the friend was loving it. He said, I'm all about that. I'm all about that event. That sounds great. Hey, where is it? And he said, what's well, at my church? He said, nope, no thanks. The guy was all in to coming to the event until he found out that it was connected to a church because he had been wounded, because he had been disappointed, because he had been hurt, and he had carried this thing around. Now, I'm not justifying anyone disconnecting from a local church just because of woundedness, but I'm not going to ignore the fact that it happens either. I know the reality of people being wounded, people being disappointed, people being let down, people investing deep levels of trust with someone who was in some position or some relationship they had, and then things went south, and it began to hurt people very deeply. God cares about those people. God cares about the people in our area that perhaps grew up a certain way in church. And then when they were old enough to not want to be a part of God or Christianity anymore, guess what? They're gone. I know that our area is filled with people who carry around baggage, who are looking for that perfect connection. I know there's people who are turned off by those of us who would call ourselves Christians because they begin to say things like, Oh, those Christians are just a bunch of what? Hypocrites. Church is just full of hypocrites. We hear these things oftentimes because I think that in our area we have a great influence of churches, but why are they all not filled to capacity? How many people know about Jesus and perhaps the only day they're going to actually darken the doors of the church is going to be this next weekend, Easter weekend. Or maybe when there's some family event. Or maybe when there's some special event. Or maybe when it's Christmas time. And they have no connection to God beyond that. Maybe they're not upset at the church. Maybe they're not upset at Christians. Maybe they're disappointed in God because maybe they thought God was supposed to do something that they wanted done and it didn't go the way that they had hoped it would go. And so they're hard in their heart towards God. So here's the thing. For us to be 
unique for us to be this church who's accomplishing the purpose of loving God and loving people and serving the world and raising up disciples who are growing in a healthy walk and a healthy relationship with God, we have to reach the people in our area that God calls us to reach. And this is what I believe is part of our why as a church. I believe this is part of our calling. This is part of my wiring and my passion as your pastor. And I think you've seen that throughout the years. I just haven't clarified it until now. But I believe that part of our why is that we're called to redefine church by serving people that God values with such a degree of passion, authenticity, and excellence that it leads to continual growth in a life-transforming relationship with God. This is how we love God, love people, and serve the world, is that if people have been turned off by hypocrites in the church, then guess what? We help redefine that by showing them something different. Amen, somebody? We show them something different. If they've experienced woundedness in the church and they're wanting to keep everyone at arm's length, they're not wanting to be connected and they're distant and disconnected, that this church makes the decision to redefine that and show them something different. Amen? Amen. To show them something authentic, passionate, real, and something that is done well with excellence to where when they come, they know that there's value there and they know they're cared about because someone decided, I'm not just going to show up and push a button and perform a function. I'm going to fulfill a why. I'm going to do something that matters because every little bit has an impact on eternity. Every little dollar that is given to the New Hope Pregnancy Center has an impact on saving a child's life. Every greeter, every usher, every child care worker, every cafe worker, every sound person, everyone that serves in this church, whether it's in front or behind the scenes, every person who helps to usher little kids into an event like an explosion, it's not just so we can say, look at us, look at what we've got going on. It's so we can together impact people's lives for eternity. Not just because we're sitting on our hands wanting to do something and we come up with some crazy egg event. It's because they're disconnected. It's because they've always seen people serve them with strings attached. And they always want people to get connected or give something. I remember when we went and we served brats to those at the softball game this past summer. People came up to me and would hand me a $20 bill. And I said, no, this is not a fundraiser. Take your money. We're just giving them to you. They could not comprehend us giving something away. Because they said every church wants money. Every church wants something. Nothing's free is what one gentleman told me when he handed me a $10 bill. I said, well, these are free. (laughs) These brats were cooked and donated so we could just show you the love of God. And it would blow people's minds because when they think church, they think someone's either trying to get their hand in my pocket or they're trying to get their face in my business. And they're trying to tell me how to live my life and how to do things. Well, we need to show them something different. We need to redefine church and Christianity 
to people who have become disconnected, disenfranchised with the idea of being a part of a large body. And they'll say things like, oh, I can have church on my own at home. Yes, that's true. But you're going to miss the connection and the accountability that's going to spur you on to grow and do more than we could do together than you could ever do by yourself. You're going to miss that part. You're going to miss that part. Yeah, you can read your Bible on your own. Yeah, you can put in a worship CD that probably sounds better than anything we could ever do here. That's fine. But you're missing the connection. You're missing the relationship. You're missing the networking because that's why the Bible says in the book of Hebrews to forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, especially as you see the day of the Lord approaching. That we need to gather together. That we need to connect, that we need to have this family atmosphere where we care about one another, where one another's valued, where one another matters. Because we want to show people something different. Because the same old, same old is not cutting it. Because they've been burned before, they've been hurt, they've been put off. And I hope every pastor in every church in all the world, especially here in our area, gets that message and believes that. Because it's not just about word of grace, it's about them getting a hold of that vision too, amen? It's about all of us redefining church for people who have been burned, redefining Christianity, redefining relationship and trust with God. And it starts with you and it starts with me understanding why we're doing what we're doing. I could get up here and just say, hey, we need to change people's minds about church. And you'll go, okay, that's okay. What does that mean? That means we're going to be real. It means we're going to be passionate about what we do. And that means that when we do it, we're going to do it with excellence. Because when you do something with excellence, it shows people value. It shows not only that they're valued, but it shows that you believe in what you're doing as well. So I'm not looking for people to fulfill functions. I don't want you to feel like you're someone who just shows up and pushes a button and fulfills a function. I want you to know that you're a part of something greater, and together we can impact lives for eternity. Together. All of us together can do more than any one of us could do alone. Amen? God has given you time, talent, treasure. He has given you availability to do things for Him. He's given you a sphere of influence where there's people that you're connected with that I could never reach, but you can because you sit with them every day in the break room at work. Because you see them every day when you go on your jog. Because they're that neighbor who you've lived next door to for the past 10 years. And you know them. And you just think it's happenstance. And you just think that it's just life as usual and as normal. But what you don't know is that God has been setting you up because He's wanting to impact their eternity. And he's given you influence to where maybe you don't feel confident sharing the gospel with them, but you could invite them to come to church with you for Easter. And if they begin to roll out all the laundry list of excuses, you can say, well, we're trying to redefine church in people's minds. We want to show you something different. Amen? I want to show you something different. I want you to experience God in a different way, in a real, authentic, passionate, excellent way, because what we do matters. And it could change someone's forever as well as their today and tomorrow. That's great if we help people have happy marriages. That's great if we help people raise successful children. That's great if we teach people how to balance their checkbook. And all those things are very important. And we'll do those things as a church. But if that's all we do, 
and we're not pointing them to the source, if we're not pointing them to Jesus, then we're just trying to change behaviors and not impact their heart for eternity. Amen? We want to impact eternity by showing them something different, showing them something more, showing them what a relationship with God could look like because you have one, because you've been taught how to have one. Because you've been shown how to have one. You've been mentored and discipled and grown up as a believer. You're maturing. You're growing to the next level. You're becoming more and more like Christ. You're forgiving. You're walking in peace. You're not slandering and gossiping anymore. And it raises a question mark above their head. And they're going, why? Why would you want to give your Saturday? You've worked 60 hours so far this week. Why would you want to give your Saturday to go out and to help a bunch of kids gather up eggs? They don't even need those eggs anyways. Yeah, they don't need those eggs. You're exactly right. They need a church to show them what real love is, is what they need. And you could be a part of that because you know why. The what will change, okay? Uh, That's just a vehicle. And every church has their own little method and their own vehicle. Some churches, it's an Awana program. Some churches, it's something like what we're doing. doesn't matter. I'm not as sold on the vehicle I'm sold on the why. Is the why there? What's your why? Are you going to connect with the why of this local body and move forward with what God has called you to do? Because you could be a part here of something greater than anything you could ever do on your own. So it's time to stop sitting on the sidelines. It's time to, to stop making the excuses. It's time to put on your big boy and your big girl pants. And it's time to get in the game and let's make something happen that's going to impact eternity. Amen? It's time for us to grow to the next level. It's time for us to redefine for people what a Christian can and should be, what a follower of Jesus can and should be, what a church can and should be. Amen? And it's nothing one of us could do on our own, no matter how gifted or talented we are. It takes us all. Amen? This is why we're doing three services. This is why we're doing an explosion. This is why we're putting... Uh, resources and work into redoing our children's ministry. Man, it's not just so we can have nice stuff and so you can have another reason to give money or give volunteer hours. That's not what we're into. I have time for that. I'm not trying to play political games. We have a mission. And we don't know how much longer we have to make this impact. We don't know how many more days we have. None of us knows how many days we've been given. But what we do know is that we have a why. We have a mission. We have a vision. And it's time for us to move forward. Amen? So it's time to step it up. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit wogcc.com.